Uh, what's up, Jays fans? Uh, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to it. Um, this is Matt DeMarinas from White and Blue Review, sitting here once again with my good buddy Ravi Lula from Damn Near Everywhere. Uh, what's your official? What's your official title? Uh, do I have one? Do I have an official title? Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm think the host so. of Blue Jay Shoot Around. Drop the resume, yo. Crane Athletics Hour. This week I did seven straight hours of radio on 1620 from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for Gary Sharp and then for John Bishop because those bums were off calling basketball games or some nonsense. Um, You're like 1620 the Ravi is what it is. <laughs> like, that's what I should it, make it my own handle. Basically. 1620 the Rav. 1620 the Lula. Um, also, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula podcast. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, he's great on the radio, but he's a better friend, so he's sitting in, and we're going to talk our ish. After Creighton's 93-64 ass-whooping <laughs> smackdown of DePaul and the program that somehow went from 12-1 and in non-conference play to now 1-11 and in Big East play. Like, I think I made the analogy earlier that they came home drunk from celebrating the non-con and tripped and fell down the stairs and landed in the basement, and then the Big East, the rest of the Big East locked the door. Did they the break their neck on the way down? That's what it feels like. <laughs> They're down there. That's all I know. And the door's locked. They may have soiled yeah. themselves. Yeah, may have. They're, they're, they're making the most of it. It's unclear. There. No one's seen them for a minute. Yeah, but Creighton, I mean, it, it, the first half was a little bit choppy, a little bit uh, inconsistent. Creighton definitely didn't uh, Although for put, the first like, 14 minutes, they I'm were talking here. Sorry. Dang. Sorry. I think you could run over me on my own show. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Sorry, I thought we were doing a podcast. I'm going to cue you up. Oh, okay, my bad. My bad I my told bad. you this. My bad. You're not even like... Listening to me, I'm, just, I'm sorry. You're just like ready for the. You're just ready to fire off like. Takes. I am. I just. There. I've got so many takes. I'm. Gonna, I can't wait for him. Well, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's ease into it. All right. My bad. My bad. Like all good things, you got to ease into it. Um. Yeah. Like, end of the first half was a little bit choppy. Creighton didn't. Uh, anything was scored on like eleven of their last fifteen possessions, or only scored eleven points in the last fifteen possessions. Turned it over five times. Um. So DePaul definitely had some. I mean. Any slimmer of confidence they could get on the night happened at the end of the first half. Uh, and then the second half happened in that first four, five minutes. Um, was if, if people, I guess, to the uninitiated that wonder what that, that barrage in Philly felt like um, for Jay Wright and the Philly fans in attendance, we got a, we got a front row view to it here in a little different manner it was dunks instead of threes mostly but it was basically Creighton playing at an unstoppable level um and there was nothing DePaul could do and they ballooned a 14 point halftime lead to a 29 point lead in a matter of four in a matter of seven possessions I think it was it, it escalated eight quickly. possessions quickly eight possessions and eight in the first eight possessions of the second half it went from 14 to 29 and that was it. That was ball. and then the that game was, was over. <laughs> throw, throw the towel. The game was over. Uh, Charlie Moore was like, "Well, I'm gonna get mine before I get out of here." And he cut the lead to 24, 23. And then Creighton put the starters back in. <laughs> right back up to twenty. Right back up to thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, from there. Um, but eleven players scored, I think, uh, all but Nick Zile. But Nick Zile got an assist because he got his shot blocked. Um, and DePaul decided to taunt and get a tech with, like, I don't even know how much time left, for God's sake. 
Um, so then Jet Canfield got on the board with two free throws. Did he get an official assist for that? I'm just saying. Like, oh, okay. he, like a, he gets a stat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. He, yeah. he got a shot block. He got, and then the dude got attacked for talking crap to the walk-on. And then, the, and then the other. Beating and then, him by 30. Yeah, and then the former walk-on, now scholarship player, got the two <laughs> tech free throws. And it's like, yeah, so. Um, Jalen Wyndham wanted him. He wanted, he wanted the couple <laughs> extra points. He did. I think uh, Jet pulled scholarship rank on him. He's like, hey, I'm a little older here, fella. Yeah, hang on. Seniority, son. <laughs> got my way. Um, Tyson Alexander, money again, 24 points, 8 assists, 1 turnover, 5 steals, 1 that was literally handed to him for the 5th. Um, only 12 shots. Only to 12 shots. He's going to be the biggest player of the week. Um, actually, you know what? Alpha Diallo might have a late, late say in that because he was awesome tonight. But, but what did he do um, earlier? This, he didn't do that earlier this week. He didn't do that all, earlier this season. So Right, but I mean, basically his only game Tyshawn is, gets credit for both games this week. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is Providence got worked by St. John's, but Diallo had 19 and 17 in that game. Yeah, but they got so numbers by St. John's. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Numbers-wise, Diallo is going to have a say. Numbers-wise, it gets canceled because they got worked by St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> they got worked by St. John's. But he put up numbers. He was 19 and 17 in that game. So he's got he's got the numbers edge on Tyshawn. It's going to be hard to like look at that on an honor roll. Because like, I think his average, what, is 27 points and 14 and a half rebounds. That's going to be an honor roll. That's going to be tough. Yeah, but either he way, got worked by St. John's. He got worked by St. John's? Okay, that's fair. Um, but yeah, like that and should then, go on the stats as well. It's like 27 points, 14 rebounds, got worked by St. John's. Like yeah. That's the whole stat line. Yeah, Creighton got a little bit sloppy, 19 turnovers. Um, kind of ran one now. 25 assists, though, on 33 baskets. Uh, they were 13 to 26 from three, shot 58% from the floor, only gave up. They gave up, they gave up nine offensive rebounds with only four second-chance points, so they controlled the glass. They won points in the paint. They shot like One six, bench points, which is weird. They shot like 68% uh, in the second half. Yes. Which is high. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a bludgeoning. And uh, so, uh, Robbie, just like – your view of what transpired here tonight and I don't know maybe bigger picture what like is Creighton kind of leveling up at the moment considering the streak they're on with winning what seven of nine and the way they came off of a big win and didn't let down tonight so have you ever witnessed like a fight whether it's like MMA or boxing or something I've witnessed lots of those where you can clearly tell someone is finished and that you should stop punching but they keep punching and you're still like i'm still really enjoying this (laughs) even though this person has lost their ability to fight back Mm -hmm. that's what the first like six minutes of the second half were it just creighton we'll go mma was had at the straddle position and was just throwing the haymakers down onto paul's face and the ref couldn't get over to stop it fast enough. Fast enough, right? Yeah. He just he couldn't pull him off. Oh, oh. it's like, uh, did he cover up? Nope. Yeah. Oh no, you're just taking those shots straight to the face. Okay. It's like, so it's like it's like when that when that's happening, the ref usually comes in and warns the guy who's getting pummeled. Got to protect yourself, yeah. otherwise like, we're calling it. You got to defend yourself. We're gonna stop it. Yeah. It's usually the, there's like a first warning. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, you're. you're and done. then so DePaul threw like a jab with one of the Charlie Moore threes. <laughs> And then Creighton went back to directly doing what they were doing before. Yeah. Um, it was a little brutal, but still really enjoyable in terms of, like, I've been on the other side of those as a player and a coach <laughs> in terms of getting the pummeling. And I can tell you, it feels bad and almost like something criminal is occurring to you. But on the 
winning side of it, it, it it's a lot of fun. And that's the best way I can describe what happened here. Um, it was kind of bizarre because after the run, the game almost felt like it stopped. Like everyone just kind of looked around and it was punctuated by... There were like 11 minutes left. You're like, oh, they're still... They still yeah, to, they're like, oh, they still They're still to, obligated to finish the rest of this game. It's like, oh, this even is... Even though it doesn't feel like it's... It's like, are you guys good? I think we're good here. Yeah, you guys can go on the... You want to go on the bus? It's right over might there. get home a little early. Yeah, so. you just want to call it? And they that's not, where one of those things where like that's 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 what's good about you sports is you can kind of like look over there dugout and yeah like the, the coaches, coaches be like you know give each other a look like the nah, coaches just, like make eye contact and they're like we good like, we good here yeah have you, or, had, have you had enough or and again that's the beautiful part about like a fight where the referee can just be like we are good here yeah this is that's we have reached the completion I've, I've seen enough <laughs> whether you agree in the stands or not I've seen enough whether the other person and for their own good they've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> You are not legally allowed to abuse them anymore. Um, I feel like I feel like referees at a certain point should be able just to call the match and just say we're good here. We are yeah. good here. Um, I mean, if ever there was a game where it felt like I just I, you know you don't watch many basketball games and you're just like mercy, but this one felt like yes. mercy. This one felt it, like it was like it just looked like. Dave Leto had like a look of like a like he just lost his puppy. It felt and the, the DePaul players were I just like. I gotta say that press conference when Leto was in there was uncomfortable, super unnecessary for yes. him to even relive like, that. I appreciate your time, sir, but please just go home and find a warm bath because that's what you need now <laughs> more than anything. Uh, maybe someone to talk to, but yeah, it, it was really like a, a Rocky Four moment. Just throw the damn towel. Yeah, like that. Got, that that was bad. that's where it was. Because it wasn't just that the lead ballooned; it was how it was ballooning. It was like DePaul was one shot and done, or a turnover. Creighton was immediate run. Whether it was a clean rebound or a pick six, it was a run out in transition. And let's let's and almost let's, directly. Let's, let's be honest about this. Like going into the game, I mean, pretty much all year DePaul has been terrible in transition D. So they, from a matchup standpoint, I know they look big and scary and long and athletic. But from a basketball playing standpoint, they are. They are over over outmatched against Creighton. Well, yes. Because they can't stop Creighton from doing what Creighton is best at. Yes. And so when Creighton... That's going to be a problem. Yeah. And so when Creighton is best at what they're doing best, which is what's tonight, they were unbelievably efficient in transition tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, it got as ugly as it got. And then they just finished everything with an alley-oop, apparently. I kind of wonder... I, I almost wanted to, like, turn this around on people. We usually ask for questions. Um, I kind of wanted to ask everybody, like... Because it felt like that was some of the most fun this crowd has had watching oh, the Creighton yeah. team play in a long time. For like, a while. I felt that way a little that, bit. Because it was just loose. It was just free-flowing. It was constant. This was definitely more fun because of what was happening on the floor. But I felt that a little bit with Marquette earlier this season okay, yeah. when they kind of bludgeoned Marquette. And Took every, that 10-point halftime lead and just opened it up. Everybody seemed like they were having a real good time while that was going on. Mm-hmm. This was different because it was much more sudden and kind of jarring. Yeah. Like, what did I just watch? Um, but I would agree, This is that's probably the most fun stretch of basketball Creighton has played since Doug McDermott left here. Yeah. And I agree with you in the sense that it had a similar vibe to the Philly game in the sense of it's, it's kind of like the freight train phenomenon that I like to call, mm-hmm. where it's just... This is coming at you, and you can either get run over by it or get run over by it, and those are your two options. And 
both you know Villanova in 2013 2014 and DePaul tonight were they they chose the they chose both options just get run over by just it just get run over by it um and and you know what DePaul is the butt of a lot of jokes because of their history but like this team really is different like they don't get smacked like this Creighton's done it to them twice now because like I said their transition defense is terrible and Creighton is arguably the best team in the country in transition offense so the matchup is like you're asking for trouble when you try to slip when you're trying to deal with Creighton for 40 minutes even as good as athletic as these guys are sure and as improved as they are talent wise but I mean they were 12 and 1 in non-con uh they lost they lost Iowa they had wins at Boston College yeah, uh, they at Minnesota, Minnesota and tech, they beat, beat Texas, Texas tech. tech. Yeah, like those are four good wins. Yeah, for real. Um, and then, uh, but they had lost. They, they lost. They lost a close game down the stretch of Seton. They lost two close games down the stretch of Seton Hall. They, they lost, lost by one to Providence. Nova in um, overtime. Nova right? in overtime on the road. They they smacked Butler when Butler was on a roll. They were five, right? Butler was number five when yeah, that happened. Yeah, Butler was number five, and they smacked him. Um, Marquette was a you know a tight game down the stretch. Seton Hall again. Uh, Xavier was a tight game. Actually, Xavier was a blowout that they made tight because of their pressure. Um, but Xavier almost gagged that one away. Um, and the Georgetown game was like they don't they don't get smacked like this. No, they've lost. So in conference, they've lost eleven games. Three of the only three of them have been by double digits. Two of which are to Creighton. Two of which are to Creighton. The yeah. other one was to St. John's. Yeah. yeah. But they play everyone. Their two most close. lopsided losses this year are both to Creighton. Correct. They lost by fifteen at home, which and wasn't that close. And they lost by twenty nine tonight, which yeah. wasn't that close. No. So yeah, if I mean, Mac hadn't pulled the starters at the under twelve, this would have been like a forty-five point game. Yeah, like that's how that's how that's how they were operating. Yes. Yeah, that is as efficient as this group has ever looked. Yeah, and I don't know that it's that close. No, I mean it's uh, you know they 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 ended up at one point one six points per possession for the game, but like. That's only because of the stretches where they took the starters out because they felt like the game was over. They were at 1.28 in the second half. Um, they scored on half their possessions. Uh, you know, for the game, they scored on 48.8% of their possessions. That's insane. Yeah. Um, they had seven dunks, 26 fast break points, uh, 21 points off turnovers, or 30 points off turnovers, excuse me, um, 28 points off the bench. Um, and considering normally it's just the Denzel Mahoney show off the bench, he only had nine of those 28. Uh, Sharif had 11. Yeah, Sharif had 11. He didn't miss a shot, made his first career three. Um, he had two steals, did great on Charlie Moore, looked like he had missed a beat. Um, yeah, Charlie Moore did not want anything to do with Sharif yeah. Mitchell. I mean, the plus minuses are wild. Like, Tyshawn was plus 30. Uh, Mitch was plus 27. Like, <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Um but yeah, I t- poor Jalen Coleman lands though, man. Like, he's he's the guy Tyshawn has to guard because of the positional matchup yeah, standpoint, the and, size and, and, and because yeah. he's their best perimeter you sure. know, s- scorer. Yeah. So that's the matchup Tyshawn gets, and that poor kid shut that dude's water <laughs> off. Uh, and it was just like he didn't need to be. Jalen Coleman lands doesn't need to be guarded by a guy who can defend like Tyshawn. Nope. That's just not. He's not that good of an offensive player to need that matchup. It but was, because of the because of DePaul's yeah. matchup, like how big they are, Tyshawn can't guard Reed or Butts yeah. or or Romeo Weems. You don't need a, you don't even need Tyshawn to guard Romeo Weems. 
Um, and then you could maybe put him on more if you yeah if you wanted, wanted to just, to. yeah if you wanted to just like see if who he if he can lock up more too like, yeah if you just wanted but, to see if he could get more benched but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah poor Taylor Coleman Lance I I mean I think he ended up with uh, what do we got here. He had yeah, he had six points on two of seven with two turnovers. Oh, for three from three. Yeah, and he was two for five, I think, with Tyshawn guarding with a turnover. So like he didn't even. One time he got by Tyshawn and probably thought he had a bucket going, and then Tyshawn just like turned around and blocked it. <laughs> uh, just to let you know, like that dude is at an un- playing at an unreal level defensively right now, and yeah, he definitely. Uh, it, it's kind of impressive that he was able to shut down Coleman Lance tonight because that's not a matchup you like. You know, get up for sink it. your teeth into yeah. like you know. There's not like a whole ton of uh, you know it's hype as if around like it. There's like player of the year, nation leading score, yeah, type vibe. Yeah, like it's he's gonna like, face like he's gonna face on Tuesday. It's but it's like like oh, this is just a dude. Yeah, but he yet he still took it seriously. Yeah. He still sat down in his in the stands and guarded him. He still made he sure away, he was there on the catch. He was Coleman Lands did not really want to play basketball here anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that and then, and again the two way performance twenty four points on eight of twelve shooting, um, he was three of five from three. He only turned the ball over once, had eight assists. I think it was a career high, um, and then the five steals and a block. So, it's, yeah, and he's 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 kind of like you know when Powell started to go off last year and like willed Seton Hall into the NCAA tournament when they were kind of like at the you know, fighting to stay out of the play-in game in the Big East. Yes, yeah. Um, but then they beat, like, Marquette and Villanova in the last week, and Powell went off. Um, and I felt like, at the time, I felt like Powell should have been the player of the year over Marcus Howard. Cause I thought, like, Marcus Howard had a better supporting cast, and Powell had to carry such a heavy load and get Seton Hall into the NCAA tournament, basically put the team on his back down the stretch. Like, when you look at what Tyshawn's doing down the stretch here, and I know there's five games left, so it's not really, you're not at the down-the-stretch mark yet. But when you just look at the games he's put, the performances he's put together, um, you know, he had 18 points. Uh, he was 4 of 8 from 3 against Seton Hall. He shut down Miles Powell. Um, 24 points tonight. We've already listed his stat line. Five steals, eight assists, only one turnover. Um, you know, you look at Villanova, 16 points, 10 boards on 5 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, no turnovers in that game. Um, 24 points against Xavier. Dude's playing unreal right now. Like he's kind of leveling up. He's kind of like he I, feel, I feel like he's he's turning into the guy that if he comes back next year, <coughs> he's gonna be the dude getting all the the hype that Powell and Howard got coming into the season. Like where he's he's the dude um, that has all the you know all the accolades and everything from from the work he put in the season before. I think he's turning. I think he's you know taking over the mantle from what Powell and Howard did last year in terms of how they jumped onto the national scene with their junior year performances. He's he's doing that right now. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And the biggest difference, and maybe part of the reason he doesn't get as much attention, is because he's got so much more help than oh, those guys a, have. Yeah, this is a crazy talented roster. Like, There's so much skill on this roster. Yes. Whereas, like, Miles Powell, I hate on him a lot because I hate the way he plays basketball. But he doesn't have, like, a ton of help. Right. Uh, same thing with At Marcus. Least not before this year. Yeah, well, it's kind of same thing with Marcus Howard. Now, Marcus Howard may have run off some of his help in the Hauser brothers Definitely. because of the way he plays basketball. For sure. But this year he does not have that much help, so yeah. he kind of is is what he is, yeah. right? So he's getting his numbers when he and he needs to get his numbers. Yes. Yeah. And that's just not 
you're not going to have the same volume of numbers from Tyshawn because he's got help other places. You're going to have so, guys with 18 and 15 points in the same game. So does, he that make it, how do, how, like, does that make it harder for him to stand out, though? Is that, like, more challenging for him to separate himself to the degree he has? Yeah, that's why, like, yeah. I mean, it, again, it's, it's part of the reason Doug stood out the way he did. Because he had, yeah. Because, like, yes, there were other guys, there were other good players on the roster, but there was no one even in the same neighborhood as Doug, right? Like, yeah. just not even in the same stratosphere. Mm-hmm. On this roster, you can make an argument about who the best player on the team is. For sure. And you probably come out with Tyshawn from what he's shown you this year. I mean, definitely. On I, both I, ends I think, of the floor. I think going into Big East play, you probably thought Marcus had, was having the best season so far. Yes. And Since can, Big East play started, I think it's I think it's Tyshawn is not even close. And, but, and you can make an argument from there about who's the most important player, because that might be Mitch. Right. And so... Because that's the other thing about Mitch tonight. Mitch drew Romeo Weems. Yeah. In the first matchup, Romeo Weems guarded Marcus. And I, that's part of the reason that... In the last two games, Seton Hall and DePaul, they've put their best defenders on Mitch for some of the time. And that's part of the reason why Tyshawn, his life is just a little bit easier in general. For sure. Is because even <coughs> if you start your best defender on Tyshawn, somebody else is going to start to go off. Mm-hmm. And then you switch your best defender to that person. Then Tyshawn starts to go off. And guys like Powell or, or Howard just don't have that. So they have to get their numbers regardless. They don't have the option to play smart basketball and defer. Now, I'm not sure they would take that option even if they had it. Because that's not really who they are as people. But I think it's incredibly impressive what he's done. And but I think he flies under the radar a little bit more than those guys. A because they started doing it more last year than he did. But B, there's just so many other places credit can go on the Creighton roster. Whereas with Seton Hall and Marquette, credit goes one place and one place only. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on something you said. Not only though, credit for success, but credit for like statistical, you know, individual brilliance. Yes. In the in the face of any kind of result. No one wise. else is going to put up like a thirty spot for Marquette yeah. or or Seton Hall. Whereas like Zagorowski's dropped thirty twice this year. Yep. Mitch Ballack Mitch is capable of can it. drop thirty yeah. whenever he decides Especially when he, he plays was the Paul, he's capable of it. Right. <laughs> he was four of eight again tonight, so he's twenty of twenty nine from three his last three games against DePaul. Which is pretty good. That's insane. I don't know if you know that. That's wild. That's <laughs> three games. <laughs> um but yeah. <laughs> three see, games of the year he's got t- and three games if you played DePaul every game. Yeah. I mean the record books will be lit on fire. Right and now. like you can't tell me that Mahoney's not capable of dropping twenty five thirty. No, yeah, right. And so you've got twenty one there tonight. You got four guys on the roster that can drop twenty five or thirty points at any given time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, naturally Tyshawn's like four guys scored eighteen against That's Seton what I'm saying. And Mitch didn't score. And Mitch wasn't one of them. Right? And so four guys scored eighteen against the best defense in the league. And like what was it, top ten in the country in efficiency going there? It was like yeah. number eight? Yeah. Uh, dropped an eighty seven spot on them. Eighty seven, yeah. Uh, what I want to touch on, though, with you is you mentioned if he comes back next year. Oh, right. So I agree. I, I am guessing he will put his name into the draft. Yeah, I would, and I would assume so. at least go through the process and see where he's at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked to him this week about it a little bit, and, you know, I just know it's a big goal of his. That's, yes. So like, which makes sense. You're playing basketball. So if you're a junior year and you have the type of junior year that you have, it makes sense. To you get have your to evaluation. at least see. You have to get your evaluation. Um, which I totally so, understand. Yeah. So there's like, you know, I'm th- curious what the evaluation will come back as. For sure. I mean, when you look at, because I we, don't we watch a lot of NBA, so we can. I don't know. We can let's let, let's just prognosticate the best we can right now. Like, 
He's six foot five. Is he, he a full six five? I think he's gonna measure at like that's fair. Six three and three quarters. I don't know if he'll go that low. I think he's gonna be six four at least. You think he'll be a full six four? Yeah, he'll okay, be a full I'll six. Call him I think he's gonna be a full six four. Okay. Um, his vertical has gotten a lot better over the years. We saw it that tonight. Has um, but I think obviously his defensive chops for one. His length is uh, what's it, what's he's looking at wingspan wise? Any idea? I think it's six seven. So that's solid. Yeah, not spectacular, but solid. Right for a guy solid. his height. Yeah, um, it's going to grade out right around the middle. So here's, I I worry athletically he's not going to grade out that highly because sure. I get that his uh, vertical and everything has improved, and I I think he's a good athlete in the terms of body control. Mm-hmm. He's very good at controlling his body. You see it with a lot of those acrobatic finishes, the finishes through contact and that type of thing. But a lot of people that evaluate professional athletes are stupid. And they're like, if you can't jump 40 inches off the ground, you're not a good athlete. <laughs> um, and so I don't know that in the – I don't know in the traditional athletic metrics if he's going to test out that well. Gotcha. And so I wonder how he's definitely, much – He's definitely not on the same trajectory that JP was or that Kyrie was. Like, I feel like going into the year – like I think going into – first of all, going into just Penn's career, you felt like he was an NBA guy before his career was over. Yes, yeah. Um, and then certainly when his freshman year started to take off, you're like, he's a one and done. Uh, with Kyrie going into his junior year again, you felt like, yeah, this is his NBA year. He's going to show out, and he's gone. Um, with Tyshawn, it's kind of taken the junior year. To get him into that conversation. Right, right. So it's a little bit later than those two for sure. However, I still feel like he's going to get an evaluation, and I wouldn't – and I wouldn't, and the reason it's just a hypothetical in my mind, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's enough information for him to have to have a tough decision. So that's why I say if. I mean, it's a so it's a. Tough, I thought Powell and Howard both had tough decisions. It's a. I tough, was surprised Howard came back as quick as he did. First of all, and Powell certainly took his time. So well, here's the difference with guys like Powell and Howard, is, and I don't know them personally, but I feel like by watching them play basketball, they think they're better than they are. They're not going to. Be I mean, I certainly think they're really good. They're not going to be allowed to play like that in the NBA. Is my point. Okay. Miles Powell does not have the skill level to play that way in the NBA. See, Marcus like... Howard does not have the skill level to play like that in the NBA. He's a 5'11 two guard. Yeah. Like, that's a problem for Marcus Howard. He's going to go make a bajillion dollars in China. But Marcus Howard isn't either big enough, strong enough, athletic enough, good enough as a ball handler point guard position to do what he does at Marquette in the NBA. Like, it's just not going to translate that way. Certainly, it's not going to translate into, like, a really high draft pick. I mean, I don't think he's a point guard in the league, that's for sure. He's not. He's not a point guard now. But he's a bucket, though. And I feel like if you bring that dude off the bench and just get buckets, like, it's that's fine. I, I think he's going to get an NBA job. He might be able to fulfill, like, a Ben Gordon-type role. That's what I mean. I under- dude, you, want, you, you need a microwave off the bench, and at worst, he's that. I just don't know how much, like, he might I think might he's still be- young for his... He might be Age a spot-up shooter in the is, NBA, though. And that's I mean, not going to work. Because who's he guarding? That's fair. So that's but, my, but, but, but here's the thing. But here's the other thing. But, but, but in terms of Powell, I think Powell has multi, as multifaceted in terms of the player he is. I know he's not terribly efficient, but the dude has crazy range. Um, but what else can he, he do? He can get hot, and he can, but he can make plays for others. He's really good at reading the floor. So, I, think he, I think it's an underrated part of his game. And I always have. Fair. I thought last year that was a... But if you're drafting him as a point guard, he's a project. Oh, I don't think you would. I don't know why you would draft him. As a point he's six two. He has to be a point guard. Think so? 
He's six two. Is he six two? Yeah. If Marcus Foster couldn't be a two guard in the NBA, well, I don't think Powell's six two. You don't think he's that tall? Mm-mm. Oh, maybe he's not that tall. Because when you see him in person, I don't. He he's looks, listed at six. He two. looks six foot. So that's fair. Okay. I thought you were saying he was taller than six two. I was like, no, uh, no, no. he's listed at six two. So let's say he's six two, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. That's still a point guard in the NBA. If he's smaller than that, that's even worse for him. Sure. So if you're drafting him as a, oh, I see what you're saying. It's a project. Gotcha. You draft him as a point guard. He is a project. Yeah. And you can't draft him as a two guard. All right, but on to Tyshawn. Why? I guess the point is. So what? My I guess the. I don't think the decision was that tough for them because I thought they were. I think they thought they were going to get better grades than they did. Okay, and that's why I say I think they were better. They think they're better than they are. In I do think it's going to be a tough decision for Tyshawn. I do, I think I do too. Dra- I think it's going to drag out. I think, especially if he finishes the year, at, if he finishes, the way he's currently playing, yes. if he finishes the year that way, and and, and here's, if, the, here's the other part of it. If, if Creighton makes if, any kind if of Creighton run, makes a run in the NCAA tournament and he's playing at this level, yes, I don't think he, there's any chance he comes back. And well, again, it depends on where the grade comes back. I think is, but I think because I think people when they see people performing this at tournament, your grades go up a level. Yeah, we saw Divincenzo. Yeah, he went MLP in the national title game, and all of a sudden he was a first rounder. Yeah, from from not even thinking he was going to be. Yeah, he was not going to enter the draft. Enter the draft. I don't think right? he was going to enter for an evaluation. Yeah, right. And then they're like, uh, "We're going to." So draft when you, you the first do round. it, when you do it in March and April, it's a different thing. Totally different animal. So I I agree there, and that's why I do think it's going to be a tough conversation. I think if he got his evaluation right now, it's mid second round. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think if he does, but this, I think he's put himself into the into the. I think he's put himself into the conversation where people, if you're watching as a fan, you at least need to entertain the thought that this these could be his last games. Yes, and I I agree. Just based on the level he's playing at, I agree. And I think mid round is where he's at. Mid second round, I think is where he's at right now in my mind. Mm-hmm. If he continues to do this for the rest of the season, say they make it to the final in New York, and then they, you know, knock on wood. Lord allow it to happen, make it to the Sweet 16 in... Did you just say a prayer in the middle of the I pocket? did, yeah. <laughs> um, make it to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. And he goes, let's say, 24, 22, and 19 in the efficiently three, in the three games. and yeah. locks down the other team's best player. Let's say he gets a marquee matchup with... Um, who's a good guard from another conference? Um, um, well, if they, they play like Dayton in the second round, Crutcher. Sure, plays um, Crutcher. Um, I'm trying to think. I watch too much Big East basketball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a Sweet 16 matchup, like Jerry Butler from Baylor, maybe? Sure. Uh, yeah. Butler from Baylor. Um, anybody like that. Yeah. And somebody else that people are like, oh, they're probably an NBA player. This is probably an NBA guard that he's going up against. And they they can take out the, oh, he's played him before. He knows the scouting report. That you can, you can, if you want to explain away some of the stuff with Powell and Howard, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're inefficient shooters anyway. If you scout them right, you do the report right, you can force them into bad nights. Yeah. If he does it against a guy he doesn't know, that they don't have a scouting report on, that he hasn't done before, and he say he goes. Wait, are you questioning that? I'm not questioning it. I'm saying okay. if you want to explain so it away. I was going to say Austin Reeves, J.T. Escobar. Like, if you want to explain it away it. as an NBA scout, okay. you can. Yeah. But if you do it in the NCAA tournament while you're dropping 20 a game yep. and with somebody you've never seen before or that Tyshawn's never seen before that you know is an NBA guy, that puts you in a conversation in a weak draft class that he can sneak up into that like top that's, that's, 20. That's the other part of it, too. He can sneak up, like, because if he, if he has this, and again, I understand we're playing with a lot of variables here, but if he has, if that scenario plays out that we're talking about, you, he could sneak from mid-second round 
because you're only talking about difference between like 20 and 25. Most people will tell you, especially in this draft class, the difference between like four and 40 is they have no idea. They just don't know in terms of what guys will be. So it's not crazy for somebody to drop to jump 20 spots because of performances like that. Yeah. Um, let's jump. That in. was a very long-winded way to say yes. He's probably got well, a difficult, difficult decision. It's, all, up. it's all good because I wanted to talk about Tyshawn's performance and not only tonight but of late. Um, next up is round two with Marcus Howard on Tuesday. So he only get, he doesn't get much time to rest and recover. He's got to deal with that again. So I'm curious to see what that you know number. And I asked him about that the other day too. Like you know you got to face these dudes again. Um, and he's like, yeah, I just got to keep it. I, I just got to stick to the same principles I used the first time. Study the film, um, study the tendencies, and be locked in when it's time to go. Like, so he's not he's not resting on his laurels at all. Well, and to me, with Marcus Howard, you have almost the exact opposite game plan that you have with Miles Powell. Where Miles Powell, you want to keep him out of the lane, you want to keep him off the free throw line. But a lot of your work is done off the ball. Yes. So yeah. that's the same with both. Yeah. But I mean, once they have the basketball. If Miles Powell wants to shoot a step back three and you have to contest late and like you live with that, you're cool. Uh-huh. With Marcus Howard, you're trying to run him off that three. You want him going downhill. You want him to try and start dribbling yeah. and get into the trees. You want him. You want him. You want to funnel him to help. Yes. Yeah. Because if you run him off the three, he's not point, a super great playmaker like Powell is. And he's and you also not, and he's also capable of hitting the step back three and at he's a high not level. Not a good finisher. Inside. Inside. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. If you get him in amongst the trees, there are, even, Craig doesn't have trees. Stop saying that. Get them, get him in among. Follow him to help the hedges, um, <laughs> the bonsais. The buzz. Use um. Theo John as a defender. <laughs> Run him into his own shot blocker. Um, and he can't finish over the man. <laughs> yeah, I think if you run him off the three point line and force him to take contested twos, yeah, like that's your game plan for yeah. Howard, which was, is yeah. basically the exact opposite of what I wanted them to do with Powell. And what I thought, I mean, 11 of his 16 shots against Creighton were threes. Like, I thought they did a really good job of that. Yeah, so that's on Tuesday. But, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about that anyway. So, it's, I think it's a good way to jump into questions because Tyshawn was unreal tonight. And, he was, and, and he's been unreal for a while. And we talked about Creighton's uh, blitzkrieg in the second half. So, I think we can jump into questions from there. Um, let's see. We actually got quite a few. I don't know how many of them are good, but let's find out, folks. We're about to figure it out. Um, Sam Norland is first up. He actually asked a question before we even asked for questions, so props to Sam. That's learning tendencies right there. He's studying his film. He's a P1. <laughs> uh, question for the pod. Is me asking my boss for March 25th through the 27th off in the event we make the first Sweet 16 in school history premature and or a curse? Um, well, I feel like you should be asking for that time off anyway if you're a basketball fan. Well, no, it's because the sweet six, the second weekend's all at night, so you don't have to ask for time off. Yeah, yeah, the second weekend's free. But fine, if but he's talking, that, that's and that's the second weekend. He's, oh, okay. He's talking about travel plans. Oh, should he be getting ready to go watch them live? So is I'm gonna a, say is that a curse? Yes, no, because yes, that's bad juju. Yeah. No you don't, you bad don't wanna, juju. You don't want to make travel arrangements before there are travel arrangements, arrangements to make. Correct. I did that. I actually ruined Creighton Volleyball's Jaylee Winters, Taryn Cloth senior year. How dare you. With that, because I made, I saw where they were going to go, so I had to, I had to get, a, like, the flights are expensive and hotels are expensive. Especially on the West Coast, they were going to play Stanford, I think, so I had to make those plans before they teed up against uh, didn't have Washington. To. You didn't have to. And then I definitely didn't have to after that. Didn't have to. <laughs> so... Yeah, you don't want to make the plans before there are plans to make. That's bad juju. Yes, so that would be... It's a hard no. It wouldn't be premature because Creighton... It's not premature because Creighton has the 
capability of that level of talent. Yeah. But yes, it is a curse, so don't do it. That's crazy. You know better than that, Sam. Um, oh man, we're gonna get a lot of Sweet 16 questions tonight. Uh, <laughs> Rob Sims, everybody watch that and they go, Oh my god, this is the team! Oh, good. Uh, Rob Sims wants to know, fellas, have we hit Sweet 16 or bust territory? This team is special. Um, I agree, this team is special. However, Sweet 16 or bust territory, in my opinion, is tough to say because, and I know people hate this excuse, but it's not really Match an excuse. Matchups, matchups, man, like those are so. It's a real Vital thing. to the thing, like you know what I'm saying. Also, we still don't know what. I, th- I do think beating Seton Hall the way they did made me a little bit more believe in, maybe a little bit more of a believer that Creighton is can the win ma- bad matchups. Is the matchup nightmare? Yeah, they are. Creighton's the matchup nightmare. There is no matchup nightmare for Creighton. You know what the matchup nightmare is? Small ball Denzel at the five. I just think. I just think with, with what you've seen out of Golden State and with what you're seeing, not to compare Creighton to Golden State, there are obviously levels of this shit, but. When you when you see what small ball can do when there's skill at all the oh my positions, gosh, I know. You know what I'm saying? I love it. When there's skill at all the positions, that's an unbelievably tough defensive assignment for a traditional lineup. That's like we got long length and athleticism here. We can stop this. Like you know what happens? It's really hard to stop. You know what happens? Denzel go- goes in there and against bangs. long shot blockers, and he's good at finishing through contact, and he's also the shot fakes, get those guys off their feet. Really good at getting fouled. Automatic at the free throw line. Like it's, it's Mamou Kalish really Creighton. played like four minutes against yeah. him, and Creighton. then was like, oh, I fouled out. Yeah, so like the Seton, Sorry, Hall, the Seton Hall game <laughs> convinced me that Creighton is the matchup problem for most of the country, not the other way around. Um, however... Matchups, I mean? seating. Like, here's yeah. the thing. We still, don't know where they're, we still don't know where they're going to be seated. <coughs> um... I, they have to crawl out of that five seed for me to feel good about a Sweet 16 run. Mm-hmm. I need them in that 3-4 range, which is still, they've got work to do to do that still. Um, to me, that's that's kind of the key. This tournament is way too unpredictable to be like, that's why I laugh also, at also, I do I laugh at this too because I saw Seth Davis do it the other day. He predicted his Final Four. And I'm like, how, how do you know that, man? What if all those four teams are in the same region? Like, yeah. how are you doing that? Also... I, it's just it's uh, the tournament's weird. You can't you can't every time you think you got it pegged, you're you're not you're bracket, you might as well light that thing on fire after day one. You also well, isn't he famously the one that said Virginia Sharpie before the game started against UMBC? <laughs> so he might not. He be, also Sharpie. He also did the Sharpie early on Northern Iowa Texas A&M. He may not have the best track record. Um, no, but he definitely doesn't. You also can't say Sweet 16 for our bust on a team that's never been to the Sweet 16. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's also... Like, you just can't. That's the other thing you can't do, for sure. Definitely. Like, totally you, agree You on can't that. do it. I vote, yeah, that's... I, I totally agree. Because you can't... It's never been done the before. The expectation cannot be something that's, that's unprecedented ne- in your program's history. <laughs> right. Like, that's not a thing. Right, right. There is no, like, this team should win the Big East, win the Big East tournament, go to the Final Four. Like, hold up. Yeah. None of those things have been done yet. So, it's like, I think if you're those- expecting that... You're crazy. Those things are all on the table for this team. Yeah. But that cannot be the expect- expectation level. You've seen teams with this talent level do that before. Yes. But not this team. Correct. So until that No happens. one with this logo on their gym bag. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no one with this combinations of letters in the positions that they were in have done that before. <laughs> uh, Sipple's Lost T-shirt wants to know, can you touch the rim? I can't. Can you? I mean, how high are we set in the basket? Oh, yeah. At? That's a good question. Like on like a one Fisher Price rim, absolutely. I can get rim on eight feet. I've I've, I've, had, I've won dunk contests on eight foot hoops before. Best case scenario, the best I've ever dunked on is a nine and a half. That's um, pretty good. Back in the that was back in the day, not I, now. I don't. That's just still pretty good. Um, nine and a half. I've never. So, 
I've never like grasp rim on a ten. I've like hit. He didn't say grasp rim. He said touch. I've touched the underside of one of can like the finger, hooks. Can your longest fingernail? Yeah. So like the hook that holds the can, net on. Can you flick the? I've touched one of those. That's rim. So if that counts as rim, then that's rim. I mean, if you look at the base of the I can, back I definitely part of it, could get the base in the you, day. Can you touch orange with any part of I your... Could, the part that is connected that's like four inches lower yeah, than the, the actual... Screw, the screws are at? Yeah. I, I definitely have touched that in my prime. All right, there you go. So Ravia, yes. Matt, a no on anything above eight feet. Um, Michael Heinauer. I hope I said that right. Sorry, Michael. Uh, wants to know, does Coach Mack eat... Tuna fish out of a McDonald's cup. Is that a... I don't get that. Do you get that? I don't get the joke. Tuna fish out of a McDonald's cup. God, I hope that's not an inappropriate reference. I, I haven't heard it. I don't it get it. Yeah, yeah. If it I'm is. I'm pretty up on up on the inappropriates. So, I, yeah. That's, that's new to me. I'm not familiar with that phrase. It might be something the youths are saying. Man, I hope if I... If, if, imagine, like, <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> did he say... <laughs> What a fish. Does I mean, he not know what that means? I know what all of those individual words mean. I yeah, just don't right. know what they mean all put together. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm uh, going to guess no. He makes pretty good know, money. I'm, I'm going to keep it safe and say no, too. He makes pretty and good. If it, and if it means something sexual, then you can just DM us later and tell us what it means. And he, no, he, oh, well, obviously, yeah. Then <laughs> he has children, so yeah, he does. <laughs> he uh, makes pretty good money, so I think he's past the uh, canned tuna fish out of a McDonald's cup stage in his life. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know what stage that is, to be yeah, clear, because sure. I don't know what that means. I just don't get the reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one flew right over I don't head. know if it is a reference. Sorry, or Michael. Just... I have no idea what that means. <laughs> um, and if he means it literally, I doubt it, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm taking it literally. Yeah, and I'm if we saying take it no. literally, who would? I'm saying no. Because what would, like, what's the order point tuna of tuna fish in a McDonald's? No. Cup? Like, I, mean, so I don't think they have tuna. Yeah, so. No, unless you're talking about, like, a fillet of fish. I don't even like tuna fish, so I wouldn't. I don't eat tuna like tuna fish either. Yeah. yeah, like I wouldn't even eat tuna fish. Also, I'm not eating fast. I wouldn't food eat it fish. out of a can, out of a salmon. I don't no, even know in any form. I do not like it, Sam. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No. I think we're good there. We're, we're gonna go with a no on that one, there. and we'll figure it out later if we don't get the reference. Um, Andy Cutler, old homie from high school, but he's retweet, he's replying to you. What the, what the f, Cutler? That's because we're uh, we're boys from PayPal. Are you guys boys? Oh, that's right. He works with you. Well, not anymore. He left. That, he does that. I think I told you he does that. <laughs> <laughs> we used to work at the same place for a minute after high school too. Yeah, I think. I, but like, he got me the job. The, and he, then he got. And then he peace. Yeah. Then he peace. Yeah. Out. He didn't give me my job, but we just like ran into each other and yeah. became friends. Yeah. No, that's how he rolls. Um, he wants to know has Demo Demo's my old nickname from high school. I hate it now though. Uh, has he run the mile? Serious question. Is Creighton good? Convince me. I mean. Watch the, the first the, the six mi- minutes. The, the, of the mile, f- the mile is pending. We have a bet live, a live bet, which is actually trending in your direction lately. With He's, the Rockets, yeah, yeah, it's actually trending more. And you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're pulling off a late run. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I'm getting my Charlie Moore on right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one is. But no, we amended the bet. Yeah, we yeah, amended yeah. the bet. We did. So. We did. Um, but serious, the serious question is, Creighton good? Convince me. I mean, open your eyes. Watch the first six minutes. Open first your, minutes, yeah. six minutes of the second half of this game. Watch all the Seton Hall game. Watch all, any minute. They're twenty and six. They're a lock for the NCAA tournament with, and it's not even March yet. Five games left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. I think we might be two of the only people that thought they had this sort of level in them before Honest, the season. It's kind of funny because uh, I'm not saying it yet, but like Blue Jay Banner does their preseason predictions or whatever, and they have like the yeah. video. We got crapped on a little bit. They always think I'm like some outraging like homer, homer who's yeah. like, oh my God, way above Creighton's expectation level. And it's like, 
I said 12 and 6 in league play. Which is so reasonable. So a 3 and 2 finish going down the stretch here puts nails me it. Nails it. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, you know, I think I nailed the non con record, which was pretty easy because yeah. they won what they should have won and lost what they should have lost. Um, yeah, so I and I said like one and one in NCAA tournament. So, like, you know, yeah. all those things are one and one in Big East and NCAA tournament. So, both of those it's things like are still all in play. very reasonable expectations. Yeah. And the year, the year Maurice Watson was a senior and Justin Patton was eligible, um, I said 30 wins Elite Eight. And everybody's like, what the? F-? And I was like, I'm just telling you, man. I, I'm seeing what I see in practice. Like, I think that's going to translate to a pretty spectacular year. Watson got hurt. That's all he got. Hurt. I'm just saying like they were 17 and one. Yeah, like <laughs> they were trending for 30 wins in Elite Eight. Were they not? Like they, they were. That is so everybody thinks I'm a raging homer, but all I'm doing is taking what I see in practice, and I'm like, say, you're how does of, this translate to a regular season? Like, you're one of like the three people that goes to practice, and so yeah. that helps. Like I try to not. I try. To, I try to be leveled, and I feel like I'm I just smarter than everybody else. So, no, yeah, kidding. that's not. <laughs> I agree. That's why you're on here. You're the brains of this operation tonight. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's I mean, dangerous. honestly, convince you, like, just open your eyes, bro. Um, uh, Shooter U's got a weird one. Uh, how many new coaches do you think will be in the Big East next year? Hopefully Creighton isn't one of them. I don't know why you would think Creighton would Unless be. Unless Max leaving for a different Yeah, if he job. was a natty and retires, <laughs> Mac will be back. Um, so let's let's go. Unless somebody like poaches him, I, I don't know if they. I mean, because Ohio State came after him a couple years ago. But he's not. But uh, no one's poaching him unless Marcus, Mitch, Tyshawn all go to the NBA. And it's yeah. like and it's like rebuild mode. Sure, 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 sure. No one's poaching him. They, yeah. If Ohio State Ohio State was gonna if anyone was gonna poach him, Ohio State was gonna poach him. Yeah. Because that was the that was the money train right there. That was a money train. So Correct. and it was still in the Midwest. Yeah. So yeah, and no one's poaching him. I don't at this think point. so. He's. he's I, He's crossed that off in terms of where he's going. I would agree. This is – I think. I mean, I'm very confident this is his last job. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Creighton isn't one of – I don't – Creighton won't be one of them unless they win the national title. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to call I think it. I'm good here. I'm good. I think I'm good here. We'll, we'll call that a uh, job well done. Um, so how many new coaches are in the Big East next year? Creighton won't be one of them. Um, Maybe Wojo. If Marquette what? I don't know. I just I. If they don't win another, if they don't win another tournament game with Marcus Howard. Yeah. Okay. Like if you get four years of Marcus Howard and this is the results, you had great, a couple of more great recruits in Hauser that. And you have good recruiting classes coming in though. They so always have good recruiting. That, they always art. have good recruiting classes coming in. Okay. I mean, they had that one kid Ellenson. They had um, the Hauser brothers, like. But Ellenson yeah, was one and done. He ran the Hauser brothers off. Yeah, Marquette's always got dudes for sure. So that's what I'm saying, though. If, if you're always getting dudes and this is as good as you are, uh-huh. like there has to be another question asked at that point, correct? Yeah. And I think they're about at the time they're, start, they're ready to ask that question. Yeah. So I don't think he is, but I think that's the name that comes to the conversation. I think, if the, I think there's only two that are, like, that are possibles, actually. Now, I wouldn't even say likely. I do agree with, I do agree with you on Wojo. If Wojo... Can't win an NCAA tournament. If Wojo tournament doesn't game. win an NCAA tournament game and Marcus Howard graduates, that's going to be a pretty tough, like. That's hard to spin. That's going to be a pretty tough, like, what's Marquette doing? Yes. That's a tough um, one to spin. But we're still, I, th- I think we're still, I think with the way their season is trending, yeah. And if anyone, first of all, Creighton's probably the hottest team in the Big East. Look out, because I think Marquette might be the second hottest. Yeah. So that I would Tuesday agree. game is going to be pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in the in the in the category of like he's trending, probably not. He's trending to have his to job be fine. Yeah. yeah. The dude we watched tonight though, I, I saw was, death in those eyes. Man, I, I was, saw I saw like I saw like end at, of, I saw like I'm at the end of my rope. At the press conference, he sounded like a beaten man. Yeah. And not just in the like literal sense that he lost by thirty, like he sounded broken. Right. It was and tough. It was a tough. It was a tough. It was a. It was a tough situation. It was a very uncomfortable like, like six minutes. When you think about the year they had in the non-con, they were twelve and one, and then. Uh, and he's brought in better talent. They talked about like, and they they are more talented. That's what I mean. They brought they in better talent. He's upgraded I mean, the Paul talent. Paul Reed's a first round pick, and we're still Charlie, Reed, Charlie, at, Charlie Moore's the best point guard he's probably ever coached in his career. And we're still at one and eleven. Yeah. And I mean, they talked about vanquishing demons and all that stuff like that in the non-con. And they, I mean, who could argue with their results? They had. They I had said going wins. into, I said going into league play, they had a better resume than Seton Hall. I they did. So going like that's league play. That, so when you looked at what their what they had done, but well, since league honestly, play started, they lost a bunch of close games. They didn't finish well down the stretch. If you look um, at their and roster, it's kind of, like their season's kind of unraveling because they got they had a week. Let's listen. They had a week to prepare. They for had this. a week off. Before this Creighton's game, coming off Creighton of a came huge off win. Yeah, on the road at Seton Hall, a, a bruising classic game. hangover game. Yeah, and Creighton classic. bludgeoned them, just bludgeoned them. Like the guy there's from no excuse for glorious bastards. There's with no the excuse bat. for DePaul to roll in here after a week off and play the way they did. No, that's bad. That's a really bad sign. And I don't know if he'll get fired or if he's just done. Right. So, um, so I think that's on the table for sure. That was the other name I had. Uh, obviously, it's too early for any talk about Mike Anderson. Oh yeah, my, no, no, no. Cooley's Mike Anderson's safe the best coach St. John's has had in, f- Years. in a decade. Yeah, I, I think Mike Anderson's a really good coach. Yeah, uh, Arkansas is a really hard place to win anything, so I don't hold that against him. And he him. won there. Um, yeah, not enough though, because Arkansas is weird about their expectations. Yeah, SEC is weird. Um, I don't think there's anybody else. Butler's going to be fine. Xavier's going to be fine. Yeah. No, I think those are the only two, honestly. How and I don't think it's this year. How long is Jay Wright's leash? Yeah, I don't know. Ewing's leash. Did you just won at Butler today without McClung in year seven long. I understand that, but they also were supposed to be a lot better this year. Well they ran off half the roster. Yeah, but that's also part of his fault. I mean but he's also a first time ever head coach. Sure, and it's at his alma mater. I think Georgetown's going to give him a shot. I think they're going to give him a long run. I'm just saying the early results have not been good. Well, I think they're trending towards. Be, I think they're trending to be an NCAA tournament team this year, though, aren't they? I mean, they're on the outside still, but they've got what? work to do. But they're not out of it. What are they sitting at? Bracket matrix. They're on the next four out. So they're before at, they started today. They're, they're at 15 and 10 right now with yeah. the win at Butler. Before the game, or no, with after the game today, they were on 10 percent of the brackets. In bracket matrix, other than Creighton, they haven't. The they haven't other than out. Creighton and Butler, they haven't beaten an NCAA tournament team though. Yeah, they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot of good wins. Right. Although that Creighton win looks better all the time. Yeah, the Creighton win looks amazing. But, I mean, they beat Syracuse. Syracuse is in the tournament team. Oklahoma State's not. Is Texas winning the tournament team? I don't think so. Yeah, no. So yeah, other than Creighton and uh, Butler, other than Creighton and Butler today, they haven't. They don't, that's the only the two teams they've beaten that are in the field. But they're fifteen and ten. Again, so, I, mean, I don't think he's on the hot seat at all. I'm just asking the question: How long? If this is con- how it continues, how long does he get? 
Yeah. I think he's going to have a while. This is like a Scott Frost in Nebraska situation. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I, I don't think he, I think he's going to get at least five years. So I don't think he's even in the conversation. So this is your three? Is this year three or two? I think this I is year two. Know. I don't know. Isn't it? I thought it was three. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I think he's getting to five years at least. I, yeah, I would agree. I just so I, yeah, I think you're just you're just messing around right now. Next year it's it's, it's, a, it's Wojo or it's a thought project. That's all. I know, but he said next year, so it's either Wojo, it's Wojo and or, or Lado. We agree. I took the question. And most and likely, I, most likely Lado. Yeah, I can't imagine him That's, coming back from this. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine as a program you'd want somebody back from that. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's true. That's the other part of it. Um, okay, so uh, Bob Schultz, he wants to know. Uh, He's been that coach since 2017, so this is his third year. Okay. Bob Schultz, he wants to know, pick to finish seventh in the league, lose your starting center, lose an experienced guard and great defensive player. Um, coach Max should be the biggest coach of the year. Don't you agree? Um... Yeah, yeah. Because Willard was picked to win the league, so all they're doing is maintaining. Yeah, meeting expectations. Yeah, so it, when you talk about like when you talk about like coach of the year, the first thing you usually look for is exceeding expectations. Exceed, exceed yeah. expectations. And if they do it to a degree that's dramatic, that's usually your runaway. Yeah. Um, and if the but however, if you don't do it to a dramatic, like if you go from like picked to ninth to fourth. and you finish fourth, not really. And you go if, from and it, seventh to first yeah. or second. So yes. Willard's in the conversation because they're meeting expectations that were lofty. Yes. Um, but yeah, if it's like if Creighton finishes two, and they were picked seventh, I think he's, he's done the, the best the coaching job in the league. Yeah. I. But Cre- I think if Creighton finishes lower than second, it's not going to happen. I agree. I don't think that's enough of a, like a over. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Not it's enough not enough vo- overachievement. Not enough overachievement. For the voters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, but at this point, a game out of first, he's the coach of the year. Without today, a doubt. Today, today yes. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we agree. Good question, Bob. Um, Adam Hester wants to know, assuming everybody returns, and that's a good question because we already talked about that earlier, so we've already, laid out, we've already laid out the scenarios. Yeah. Cool. So, assuming everybody returns and counting Kalkbrenner, the Jays should have one scholarship left for next year. Who do you think fills that spot? Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I think Josh Primo is target number one at this point. Maybe Kerman Walton. Primo's a 2021 technically, but the word is he's going to reclassify. Um, so those two. And I think Kerman Walton's the highest rated uncommitted 2020 at this point. Is he? Am I, am I wrong on that one? That's correct. I think that's right. I think I'm that's really, right. I really, when I get in season, I really lose touch with the recruiting stuff, so I apologize. Um, it kind of goes on the back burner. I think they have a the daily grind, couple but, uh, guys that they. I would say Kerwin Walton is a top target. Josh Primo. Primo is a top target. But if they don't get one of their top targets, those are both those are both shooting guards too. So like, the 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 idea that Creighton is losing players, you're likely most likely to lose Tyshawn. You also those, those the two top targets play his position. So also, am I mis- is Antoine Jones more of a wing than a two guard? Yeah, he's just. Uh, I think I would compare him to DJ a little bit. Big physical, can shoot it, kind of. So like a wing. Yeah. Okay. Um, He'll probably play the two. Yeah. If he has, if because he can, he can handle it pretty good. If Tyshawn leaves, like Jones can play the two if yeah, he has yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I would guess, honestly, if they don't get one of... I think they're being pretty selective because I don't think they mind... Like, I don't think they're just going to fill the spot. Right, yeah, you're just looking... Yeah, best available. So you, if you get one of those top two guys... That's what you use it with. You use it with. Otherwise, I think you keep it open for the transfer market. Right. Because, as we've seen, Creighton's done a very good job there. Right. But they've also left that one scully pretty frequently yeah yeah which a lot of teams do i know people freak out about that but a lot of teams actually leave the the one scholarly open usually for the transfer market yes to be like hey this five star is unhappy at his last location (laughs) right we will take you or even antoine jones was a four-star top 100 guy coming out of high school Mm -hmm. didn't like it at memphis like now you have a top 100 recruit on your roster with three years left like awesome yeah so assuming everybody returns those are what we think are the top targets right now um uh, Andrew Berklin, former Man of Jay. What's up, Drew? Man of uh, Jay! He, he wants to know Burke. Wants to know... Uh, Ty's defense has been underrated much of the season. Talking to the wrong person here, though, for that kind of <laughs> shit. Uh, I feel like I've been overrating the damn thing. Uh, not overrated, maybe not just as rating. Mu- maybe just not as accurately, yeah, describing. Just accurately describing yeah. the defense. And everybody's like, well, you're, you, you saw that, huh? Yeah, I did. Uh, maybe not as much now after this week. I mean, how after Marcus Howard, like how would you, <laughs> Jesus? What are some more facets of players' games uh, that are super underrated, underlooked in the Big E? So, in the Big East in general, or Creighton? I think Creighton's asking, play in since the Big East play started. Creighton's players. What are you doing? Okay. So, what facets of players' games are super underrated, underlooked? I think he's asking for Big East. All Big East players. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Wow, that's an interesting question. I mean, Charlie Moore's garbage time buckets are just out of this world. <laughs> just, I don't think people appreciate. That dude was in his bag when that game was over. I don't over. think people appreciate how little his points matter. That's very <laughs> underrated. That dude scored. That dude did nothing of purpose tonight. No, not at all. At, when the game They were was, down 35 and he scored when, 12 when, points when, instantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like microwaving a turd. <laughs> He did. And he's like, he goes, oh. They stuck, they and, stuck, and they started doing the he started doing the, stuck, the James Harden eating. He's stuck, like, I'm microwave that turd. I'm eating. They stuck Jack Canfield in and he slapped the he slapped the floor. He goes, Okay, I'm getting let's let's go. This disrespect. How dare you put your backups in with a thirty point game with ten minutes to go? There's plenty of time for me to get mine. I will I will make this a twenty point game for me. So yeah, uh, that's that's a good one. His uh, definitely underrated. His garbage time because when the game was when the game was being decided, he was he just was a walking useless. turnover. <laughs> he was a walking turnover. Six turnovers. Yeah, six. Um, <laughs> that's hysterical. You go, oh, you see the backup in? Okay, okay. All right, this guy used to be walk out. You say he used to be walk out. All right, let's go. How dare you? Let's go. It's time to go. Time to go off. <laughs> <laughs> um, underrated. Yeah, I, well, I think Miles Powell's playmaking is underrated. He gets a lot of like pub for his like his his gaudy point totals and his, his you know ridiculously. I'm not counting shooting. that though because his playmaking shooting I feel like is, is under- way overrated. Oh, all right. His shooting is way overrated. But I feel like his playmaking doesn't get talked about enough. He's an underrated playmaker, I think. Yes, but I'm canceling it out with the overrated shooting. So he's okay. a, he's an average. Um, is there anybody underrated or underlooked on Creighton's team? Facet, sorry, an underrated, underlooked facet. I just don't think people appreciate how good Damian Jefferson is. In general, right? Just in general. Yeah. There were times against Seton Hall I thought he was the best his, player on the floor. You know what I think is underrated? His ability to get by defenders. Yeah. Like, I think his first step is massively underrated because people close out short on him and Be- still get blown by. Yes. 
which I don't think is like that's not how a closeout defense is to work. You're supposed to close out short so you don't get blown yes, by because you want him shooting the, the jumper. Opposite of how a closeout's supposed to work. Yeah. If you close out short, it's supposed to be so he can't blow by you. Yeah. And then and he, he takes still, one step and he's all the way by he's you. Still at your, and he's at your hip and you're like, oh god, this you're is like, the next I step. I made a mistake. <laughs> he's at his first step got to my hip. His next step's gonna be rim. <laughs> so yeah, that's I think his 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 quickness. Um, and ability to attack close is super underrated because I see teams constantly closing out short and still giving him, you just know, not way too much space. Straight to attack. line drives to yeah. the rim. Yeah, um, yeah. Just Damian Jefferson in general, I think, is way underrated for sure. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think around the league who's not properly evaluated at this point. I mean, not through his entire career, but because I, I, I kind of feel like the league is pretty experienced this year, so we kind of know who they are. Right. I don't think. And maybe this is a bad time to bring it up since Butler's been getting beat up. But I think there was a stretch there where Kamar Baldwin was playing really good. And we kind of thought we – he kind of elevated from what he had been. And he had this kind of out-of-body experience for a little while where he was better than that. Yeah. And now he's returned back to who Kamar Baldwin is. And they're losing games again <laughs> because that's not good enough. Yeah, he um, played to his averages now. But I think there was a stretch there where he was being a little underrated because he'd never been that player before. And he yeah, he wasn't really he wasn't really put into that Miles Howell, Marcus Howard stratosphere, and then he kind of played his way. He into played it. that way for a while, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh wait, I'm Kamar Baldwin." Yeah. So I think that that's uh, the one that comes to my mind from this year. For sure. I think everybody else we know, man. There's a lot of experience in this league. We've seen there a lot is of a ton. We kind of know what, what what dudes are at this point. I think I think uh, Paul Reed's become a better jump shooter, but I don't know if that's an underrated part of his game because that's the reason he's a lottery pick right now. Yeah. So. I think people are aware of it and yeah. appreciate it for, as such. I will say kind of – I don't know if it's underrated, but I underrated how much Colin Gillespie having a shot when they needed a bucket made me, like, pucker my butthole. <laughs> how clutch that dude is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, like, I knew he was good, and I was like, oh, he puts up good numbers. I was like, ah, oh, just like that another, you know, steady Jay Wright, Villanova uh, point guard. But when they need a bucket and he's, like, getting to that elbow, my butthole is just like – Here's here's a here's one that I think is gonna be is gonna show itself on Tuesday. Marquette's an incredibly good shooting team. And I don't think people expected that to happen when the Hauser Brothers left. Sure. So to me, that's kind of like a one that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Because everybody assumes it's just Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard getting buckets and that's the only reason the only way they survive. Like Brendan Bailey can shoot it, uh Scar Annum can shoot it. Um Who's uh, Jamal Kane can stretch the floor? Like they've got dudes who can. Kobe McEwen can get buckets. Kobe McEwen like, can get buckets. Yeah, I don't I, think like, be, that might be a good underrated one. Yeah, that's, that dude can get buckets. Yeah, so I, I think Marquette being as good of a shooting team as they are without the Hauser brothers is pretty is pretty surprising. That's an upset. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I can. Think everybody, of. everybody, kinda, we kind of know who everybody is at this point. Um, last one from Harry Butler. He wants to know how about that defense. Like seven ends, so that defense. It was good. It was good tonight. It wasn't as it wasn't as good last two games. So or last three games, in fact. So tied the school record for steals, eighteen. Yes, it's a lot. It was eighteen. It felt like forty. It felt like every time DePaul dribbled the ball, Creighton was immediately taking it the other way and throwing an alley oop. They were. And for six minutes, that is the exact ratio of things that happened. <laughs> One dribble. One turnover, how about, one alley How about Mitch's, like... No, the one over here hit the initial outlet pass. Is that what you're talking about? No, that was sick, Okay, because I want to talk about that first. Okay, go So, ahead. 
He gets the ball at about the three-point line, right, on the other side. He grabs it, jumps in the air, fakes I love an when, outlet he does that to Tyshawn, like brings like, it back to his right yeah. hand, and then throws the outlet to Tyshawn around the defender's head. Yeah. And then Tyshawn, before the ball ever hits the ground, oops it to Jefferson. That whole play was just like cocaine. Michael Jordan used to like manipulate the ball in midair. Yeah, like that's how he used to like hit no look dimes all the time. Mitch does that constantly. Yeah, except for Mitch isn't a six six freakish no, right. athlete of, yeah, in the world. So it surprises you, sure. Well, it surprises you, but it's also it, like it almost it, it looks also coo- shows you that he's a student of the game because he pulls that off regularly. It almost looks cooler when he does it because. When you're seeing Michael Jordan do it, you're just like, oh, he's a freak show. Uh-huh. When you see Mitch Ballack do it, you're like, he looks like me. How is he doing that? <laughs> like, he looks like a normal person. For sure. He's a little that taller was, than most. That was legit. Okay, which one were you talking about? Uh, mine was where he's diving at half court, and he basically flips a no yes. just into the space where DJ is about to occupy. Yep. And DJ goes and f- finishes it. Like, yeah. that was a sick. Phenomenal. That's just like... That's a dude who sees the floor like five seconds before Just the floor looks like what it's supposed to look always like. Always knows where everyone is about to be. Yeah. Not knows where everyone is because a lot of people it's can look about, at like, that. They see a lot of quarterbacks throw your receiver open. Mitch Ballard constantly throws guys open. Also, He's not throwing to stationary targets. No. He's throwing to you where you need to be. Well, and again, there's a lot of people that, can, that have an awareness of where everyone is on the floor. Having an awareness of everywhere, where everyone's about to be on the floor yeah. three to five seconds from now, yeah. that's a different skill. Yeah. There's reading the floor, and there's reading the flow of the floor, and knowing what it's going to look like. There's reading a the couple, floor. It's knowing what it's going to look like a couple ticks from now. There's reading the floor, and then there's being a basketball clairvoyant. Yeah, right. And Mitch is the latter. He is. He is the latter, for sure. Um, that's it for questions. Um, should we jump into our uh, Marquette preview here before we wrap this sucker up? Yeah, let's do it. So Marquette's next on the schedule uh, for the Jays Tuesday night in Milwaukee. Um, another short turnaround. God bless them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I want to make sure I'm right about this it's first. It's almost a full week for Marquette. It is going to be because the last game they played six was, days between games was Wednesday against Villanova. Yeah. Yes, so that's fun. I'm glad they keep doing that to Creighton. That's <laughs> super duper. Maybe that's why they picked him to finish seventh. Because they're like, we screwed them yeah, on the this schedule. This schedule is insane. Um, it's like, so hold yeah. on, let's give them only two day turnarounds, right. And give every team they're playing a week. How does yeah. that sound? So Marquette will have five days of prep for the Jays. Yep, Creighton will um, have like one and a half. Yes. They'll basically have one day of prep. Yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. So, uh, yeah, so that that right there is advantage Marquette. Then you factor in the home court, advantage Marquette. Um, also, Marquette's really good at basketball. Also, Marquette's really good. So, yeah, advantage. And it may have Marcus Howard, so advantage Marquette there. So, like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Maybe. Maybe advantage there. Um, well, he's fresh. Fresh as a daisy. He's got five days to... Five, day, five days to dig into what happened in Omaha. And Does Tyshawn care? Tyshawn doesn't care. I already asked him. He's, well, he's, so, he's you know. preparing the same way he prepared last time. There you go. Um, so maybe. Advantage. Tyshawn's legs might care, though. Meh. <laughs> he only played like 33 minutes tonight. <laughs> only 33 minutes. That's like, I don't know if he was just freak out about 33 minutes. Why is he playing so much? Now it's like 33 is like on the lighter, lighter side of things. It is the lightest load he's had since like Midland. It is the, yeah. It's the only time he's been, he's only been below 30 twice. Kansas State. Oh, sorry, Cal Poly too, and then Midland. The tonight was the least amount of minutes he's played in Biggie's place since the Providence game. 
Yeah, at so home. There you go. Yeah, and that, and that was only because he hurt his knee in that one. Yeah. I had to go to the locker room and get checked out. Which I did not enjoy. That was not fun for me. No, it doesn't seem like it was fun for him either. Um, he seemed okay. Not when David Duke was going off. He's like, I can't guard this dude right now. I can't move. <laughs> um, so that's the only dude who's going off on Tyshawn is the dude who was playing went off. On yeah, he's playing on one leg. He's like, I can't stop this guy, guys. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Tyshawn versus Marcus Howard 2.0. Round two, not 2.0, round two. Yeah, round two. So Tyshawn, you know, in my opinion, emerged as a contender for the Big East Defensive Player of the Year but in six, game in game one when he when he six, held Marcus Howard in check. Six for 16, 18 points, highly inefficient. I think he had like five turnovers. Yeah, but Tyshawn had six steals that night. Yep. Um, Which is precisely yeah. why Marcus Howard cannot I went back, play point I, I actually went NBA. back and watched all of Marcus Howard's possessions from that game the other, the other day. Yeah. He, so he was 5 of 12, I think, with three or four turnovers when he was matched up with Tyshawn. That's so, not good. No. It's not good. So he did hold – like some Marquette fans were like, he didn't actually shut him down. Kind of did. Especially when you look at the season Marcus Howard's had. Definitely did. Yeah. It's, there's there's one outlier with Marcus Howard's in terms of performances. It's that it's one. It's that one. Yeah. Um, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not like the others. Uh, uh, so, yeah, tough challenge for Tyshawn. He's going to have to guard, like, arguably the best scorer in the country on short notice. And Mar- and Marquette shoots really well at home. Honestly, I think this is it's a must-win for them because if they want to if they want to play themselves into the two-seed, yes. they've got to beat Creighton. I honestly um, – And honestly, that would create an unbelievable logjam if they do yeah. beat Creighton. Because that kind of opens up the race for everybody with Seton Hall losing. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, just the way it's going to play out. Um, I honestly think this is Creighton's most likely loss the rest of the way out. I do too. I obviously Seton Hall's a losable game. They're all, I mean, they're all losable, right? Like they could lose yeah, yeah, any yeah. of them. Yeah, sure. But in terms of ranking my belief of which one they'll, yeah, they're most the short, likely the to short lose. The short around the opponent, the place. Um. Yeah, it's all, all those things are working against yes. Creighton. So it's so, going to take an unbelievable effort to win. Yes, so that would be um, – I'm not going to be shocked if they lose. I'm not necessarily saying – I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer or whatever and oh, expect a loss, but like this is – It's a, not – but like you're in, a big, you're in the Big East Conference. It's not like Downer if you lose a game. Yeah, if you lose a game on the road to an NCAA tournament team, like that's, that's not like sky is falling anymore. Yeah, that's like, that's just like – What happens sometimes. lost to a good team on the road. Yeah, I think sometimes – Creighton fans have a hard time snapping out of Missouri Valley mode where, they, like, any conference no, loss there's no question. is just, oh, my God, we're not going to make the tournament. Yeah, now. it's like, oh, no. It's like Creighton, let's, let's get that out of the way right now. Creighton locked that up. It's like you can, Creighton can get cooked every game they play from here till Selection Sunday. They are making the field. I uh, honestly. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. Let's just say that out loud. Yeah. We both, they're yes, a lot. 100%. It's like. But you can have, like, noise. eight, nine losses in the Big East and, like, still be in the conversation. Yeah. For an NCAA tournament, yeah. especially this year's Big East, where there's zero bad losses on the schedule. Right. So, I mean, I mean, the worst game that Creighton's going to play from here for the rest of the year is at St. John's, who is number sixty-eight in the current net yeah. rankings. So it's the even even that being the worst loss they could sustain. It's a road game still. Yeah. So it's a Q one loss still. Yeah. <laughs> like they yes. they they cannot suffer anything worse than a Q one loss at this point. It's crazy. Um. And so, yeah, it, it's. I, I won't be surprised or concerned if they lose yeah. on Tuesday. From that a, being from, said, from a matchup standpoint, though, it is again one of those things where Creighton has a an interesting advantage because Marquette isn't great in transition. They certainly weren't in Omaha, but also 
they didn't they slowly struggled to match up with Creighton even on makes. Creighton was really crafty. Yes. Marcus Zagorowski did a great job of pushing the ball off of makes when he saw opportunities yes. to find guys in in spots where they could score. Very opportunistic. So I think that's going to be number one part of Marquette's game plan over these five days is making sure they're back in transition because Creighton, that- Creighton proved in Omaha they're going to attack off of makes, and they scored a lot of easy buckets off of that stuff. Here's the question, though. Is that even something that Marquette's capable of? Yeah, that's the question because Marquette has a lot of length and athleticism, a little short on the speed, especially when they're matching up with CU. Yes. Like for, for, Mitch, for all the talk about Mitch Ballard not being <sighs> – you know, a guy that intimidates you off walking off the bus, he's fast as all get out, especially with the ball in his hands. And he can make quick, he smart decisions. He pushes with it. the ball real quick. Yeah. And I mean, he's really, he keeps the dribble low to the floor. You can't get it. Yeah. And he can weave in and out of traffic. And, and he's going to make guys. passes that you just didn't even think were humanly possible. Right. And certainly to guys that you did not think were open. Yeah. So transition defense is going to be huge. That'll for, be that's really going to be the huge part of the battle. How, how many easy buckets can Creighton get off of just attacking quick in the shot clock? Game that is paced quickly. Because Marquette wants to run. Because Marquette wants to run. They want to so run. They want to run. before they want to shoot it. They're not going to slow Creighton down just by pure pace either. No. And if you're not going to slow the pace down and you're bad at playing transition defense, that's somewhere where Creighton, as we saw in Omaha, can just run you off the floor. Yeah. Now, the, thing again, is, the thing is, in Omaha, Creighton left some guys open. Yeah, that missed shots. That missed shots. But that's the that's the way that Creighton plays their defense. That's they, the they, scouting they, report defense. They're they going to lo- leave a few guys lo- open. They load to the studs. They leave the duds open. Yeah. And, and if the duds make shots, they lose games. Right. Um, Marquette's duds shoot a lot better at home than they do on the road. Well, and their duds are a lot better shooters than, like, DePaul's duds or yes. Xavier's duds yes. or a lot of these other teams they've played recently. Even some, see, some of Marquette's duds are better than Xavier's studs at shooting the basketball. That's honestly. true. That's true. Um, even got even like some of Seton Hall's duds are, are a lot worse in terms of yeah. after the top couple guys shooting the ball. So it'll be it, honestly it, it really might come down to make miss game. Mm-hmm. Which I know I say that a lot because I believe I wouldn't be surprised if it's a track meet either. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams are on. I expect it to be, and it, and a track it goes meet. and it goes down to like who's yeah. got the, who got the ball, who has the ball last, basically. Because yeah. that game in Omaha, that game in Omaha this year is an outlier in terms of result. Uh, because most of these Creighton Nebraska games or Creighton uh, Marquette games, I was say, none of the Creighton Nebraska no. games, all no. of the Creighton Nebraska games look like that. Uh, yeah, correct. That's, there's no outliers there. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I thought blowout. I immediately thought Nebraska. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they do get it put on every now and then, don't they? <laughs> just every, 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 every time just they every. step on the floor. Um, no, the the Creighton Marquette matchup. It before that was like every game was in within one possession for yeah. the last like three years or something. Yeah, usually it goes. Not so I would expect more of a return to that than I, think I would. This one goes lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be interesting. Um, but I mean, again, Marquette's going to put bigs on the floor. Jace Johnson, Theo John. Can they guard Creighton? You know what I mean? No. Yeah. So that's uh, they cannot. And Denzel Denzel Mahoney is a better version of what he was the first time they met, too. Correct. That's the other part. And and Denzel and Damian Jefferson is more healthy than he was yes, the first time they played. That's true. And he had in that first game, he had uh, like a freeway to the basket. Yes. Because they took Theo John off the floor. Yes. And they're like, okay. 
Ed Morrow's not on the team anymore. <laughs> he was the only one trying to chuck Creighton players all over the floor. He, and he really was. He was yeah. trying to kill people. He's like, I'm just going to hit everybody. He's uh, like, here. I remember some of the L's I took on from you guys. <laughs> We're getting payback now. Right. Uh, I remember this place. <laughs> he he oh. probably was just having PTSD. It's probably it not was. his fault. It was like flashbacks to a war zone. So um, no, I, I agree. And, and it'll be interesting. Again, it's because I'm a proponent of this, but I think if you – Use that small lineup strategically. I think Marquette's going to have a lot, a lot of problems with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I don't think I think can... everybody's going to have a problem. With well, it. correct. Because Seton Hall, I mean, Seton Hall is one of the best teams uh, defensively in the country, and they could not guard it. Not even a little bit. Not even like attempt. Romaro Gill, who is in the conversation for Biggie's Player of the Year, defensive, uh, player, defensive of the player of the Year, year yeah. could not stay on the floor. No. And Mamukarshvili fouled out immediately. Quick. Quick, fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So that'll be interesting. I'll yeah, be, it'll um, be fun. It's gonna be a fun game, though. I, I think, think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a, a track meet that that goes down the wire. Yeah, they are two of the more, the two of the teams that are playing pretty well of late. I think Marquette's won six of nine, uh, six of eight actually, and one of those losses is an overtime loss. Uh, actually, they've won six of eight, and it's a uh, one point loss. The to one loss. Off. The one loss. The first loss was an overtime loss to Butler. That they had in that they had one, and then Kumar Baldwin went just MJ. Um, he had the out of body experience you referred to earlier, and then the other one is a one point loss at Nova, which wasn't really a one point loss. They kind of were chasing. No, they were chasing double digit Nova leads the time. Kind of peed that down their leg a bit yeah. to make it look. Nova like almost that. choked that away. They were up pretty sizable in that one, but it is to they did have a chance to tie at the end, so you yes. can't really argue with that. Um, however, they are twelve and one at home, so they've won six of eight, and they're twelve and one at home. Uh, it's going to be a fun. It is. I'm fun, excited. Fun for game it. and a, certainly a, a big challenge for Creighton. And I think it's going to be a very, at least for the kind of basketball I like, a very aesthetically pleasing game. Yes. Because it's two of the better teams in the Big East with two of the more entertaining styles in the Big East playing some of the best basketball in the Big East right now. So that'll be fun. Yep. All right. Well, uh, hey everybody, uh, thanks for the questions, um, Robbie. Thank you for filling in. Absolutely. Um, you can check out this podcast on whiteandbluereview.com as well as our recap and everything from tonight's game, photos and whatnot. I think uh, our new guy, Ken, I don't know how to say his last name, sorry, uh, had an awesome photo of Tyshawn celebrating Damian Jefferson's dunk. It's like, it's not totally on that level, but it's like D-Wade LeBron-esque. Nice. Yeah. If you, I'll show it to you when we're done here. It's pretty sick. Um so yeah, check all that stuff out on whitelyreview.com. Ravi, what you got coming up here? Let's pl- plug some of your stuff. Um, what's, on, what's on the docket for you this I've week? I've got the Marquette shoot-around show on Tuesday. I'll have put out a couple of podcasts every week, Monday and Friday. So that's all I have for this week. I don't have any fill-in planned yet. So okay. unless something comes up, I think I'm I think I'm off this week in terms of fill-ins. So. Cool. And then Creighton's next at home on the 23rd or 24th. What day are they home? I believe it's Butler? Sunday because it's an early Sunday game, I think. Yeah, so what is that, the 23rd? It's the 23rd at – oh, it's 23rd at 3. Okay. So not early. So, yeah, a little bit the next time we come at you. Um, Niatawa's still loving dad life uh, and trying to get adjusted there, so I'm um, not sure if he'll be back, but if he isn't, um, are you going to be at that game? Yeah, I think so. Do you want a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe Robbie I'm might be in for round three. I believe um, I'm off work that we'll day. Figure, we'll figure it out. 
but we will have this podcast regardless. So the next time we talk to you will be Sunday after Creighton plays um, Butler. So two games from now, we'll be back at you. Um, until then, everybody have a great week. Um, thanks, as always, for your questions and for chiming in. Uh, we always appreciate the interactions, uh, and we will talk to you Sunday.